So today we start a new Advent series called From Another World, and you can uh, see our, our logo there. And um, this series uh, is, is really about looking at a couple characters, the first of which in the Gospel of John is John the Baptist and then Jesus. And both of these people, uh, when, you, when you look at them, they seem like they're coming from a whole completely different place from another world, and, and they're in a lot of ways, they're invading the place, they're invading the space that they appear in, in these stories. And so we're going to spend some time looking at that this Advent season in the classical uh, church calendar. The season of Advent is the four or five weeks before Christmas, where we prepare ourselves for the Advent of Christ. So the word Advent, or in Latin, Adventus, is the, the coming of a special person, thing, or event. And so this is a time of preparation where we prepare our own hearts for that. And so church, this season is for us. This season is for us to spend time preparing ourselves for the advent of Christ, for the coming and the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. So we're going to focus this series on the first chapter of the Gospel of John. And um, I want to encourage you as we go through this month of December and through this season of Advent this year to spend time reading that chapter. Chapter. It's not a very long chapter. It's something that you can read every, every day and even a couple times a day. It's something that you can really spend time in. And, and the, the process of doing that is really going to help um, really going to help this gospel story to really begin to, to seed itself, to ingrain itself in your heart and to begin to, to flourish in that way. And so we're going to be focused just on that one chapter all through Advent and through Christmas Eve. And so I want to encourage you to spend time reading that this month. With that being said, let's jump in to our scripture for today, which is John chapter one, verses six through nine. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. See, John the Baptist knew and understood his role. He was sent to testify to the light. And the first thing that jumps out there when I read it is that you have a repeated phrase, which is that he was, he was uh, sent to testify to the light. And, and so we know, because it's said there twice, that John the Baptist knows his mission. He knows his purpose here. The second thing is that we also see this idea of ascending and an arrival. John the Baptist was sent, and later on we see that he's sent to prepare the way and to to declare that the, the, the Son of God, Jesus, is coming. And, and, and there's an interesting thing. We don't show up anywhere without being sent. Amen? 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 Amen. We, we didn't just appear this morning, yeah? Something sent us. Some of us, it was an alarm clock. Or, or as I am sent many times to different things and places throughout my day by an alert on my calendar that says, hey, you better get going or you're going to be late. And then I'm always late. So we're usually, we're usually sent by something. Some of us, it's an alarm clock. Some of us, it's a, it's a desire to be in this place and to enter into corporate worship with this community of faith and fellowship with this community of faith. Some of us, it may be a spouse who maybe was less sending us and more dragging us. And that's okay too, because you came, you showed up. And some of us, it may be a sense, a deeply ingrained sense that what we do on Sunday is we get up, we get dressed, we go, we sit on row C, seat seven, and we go to church every Sunday. Whatever the reason, whatever the cause, you must be sent in order to arrive. And so that's what we see here. We see G John the Baptist being sent 
in proclaiming the arrival and Jesus being sent and showing up. And just as John the Baptist was sent and just as Jesus was sent, so we are sent. We have a calling, a purpose for which our Heavenly Father is sending us. Sometimes, a lot of times, many times, that calling can put us at odds with the social norms of our day. The Gospel of John's description of John the Baptist doesn't uh, stir up a lot in the way of our imagination of who John is. But fear not, there is plenty that helps us to see and to understand who John the Baptist is. So if we look at Mark's uh, version of, of who John is or his testimony of who John is, we read in Mark 1, 4 through 7, John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with animals, with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. A little bit different description of the guy. And so then, and we read in Matthew's account, chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, now John wore clothes, clothing of camel's hair and a leather belt. So there's that fashion statement again, yeah, that we just heard. And his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea were going out to him in all the region along the Jordan and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. So in all of these descriptions of John the Baptist, people are, you guessed it, getting baptized. Now, I don't know about you, but if I heard someone tell me about a guy who's, let's say, hanging out in a local Playa Lake here in Lubbock, eating the, uh, the inse insects that he finds around as sustenance and uh, doing the things that, that we see here that he's doing. I, for one, am not showing up. Just let's be clear. I am not being sent, nor am I arriving. I am not confessing my sin to this guy, nor am I allowing him to baptize me in the name of anything because that, that, that just doesn't seem right to me. Amen? Amen. And so... So we have this really interesting setup of this person who very much seems to be from another world. Furthermore, what John the Baptist is doing here is he's proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now that is some scandalous stuff. That is some other world stuff for his time. Definitely something that would have put him against odds of the societal norms of his time. John the Baptist may seem odd or sometimes a little bit scary to people, but he was sent and was being faithful to the call on his life to testify to the light, to the arrival of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that when we respond to a call and when we have a call in our life, it's not going to look like this. I suspect, I don't know personally, but I suspect that clothes that's made of camel's hair leaves much to be desired in the way of comfort. I imagine it's pretty scratchy and itchy and not very comfortable, and I don't think that that's what it's going to look like um, every time that we're called. It may, hopefully it doesn't. But when we receive a calling, whatever it is, we need to press into it. And we need to be available and complicit in God's work in and through our lives. Let me say that again. When we receive a call, we need to press into it. We need to be available and complicit in the work that God is doing in and through our lives. And I want to tell you, church, God is working in and through your life. He's working in your life 
to change your own life, but he's also working in your life to change the life of those around you. You are a blessing to your brothers and sisters. And so it is our job to be available and complicit in the work that God is doing in our lives, not just for the sake of your own soul and salvation, but for the sake of our brothers and sisters. God is doing a work in and through you. So now I want to show you a short video. This is kind of a funny thing. I want to show you a short video of a guy who um, very much would seem to be at odds with the societal norms of his uh, time or his reality. Um, he, he's definitely from another world, and he's coming to, to uh, let everyone know that he knows the person that is to come, and he knows that person well. And so he's proclaiming the coming of this person, and that person is Santa. Here we go. Oh. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? Oh, hi. Santa's coming. of excitement that Buddy the Elf has about the prospect of seeing Santa, to have that kind of excitement about anything. Uh, he, uh, not only is he uh, excited, but he stays up all night preparing, getting ready. So Buddy the Elf's excited because he knows something that none of those other people there know. He knows the real Santa. He knows the real deal. And Buddy himself He's, he's a guy that's been there. He's a guy, like I said before, he comes from another place. And if you watch the movie from his perspective, you really don't find him to be all that odd because you've traveled with him through all the places that he travels. I can't remember where all he goes through. I know there's gumdrops in there somewhere, but you, you travel that road with him and, and you, you see that he is very much a, a creation of his environment. But in this context, he seems like he's from a whole nother world, but he is from the place where his boss who's coming, where Santa is from. And he's been there, he's, seen, he's done that, he's seen the real thing. He's truly from another world. In the very same way as John the Baptist would have seen to be from another world. But here's the thing, church, is that we know something even more important, immensely special 
we not only know, but we are children and members of the family of the living God through Jesus Christ the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is that Buddy the Elf thinks he knows, (laughs) these are the things that we know. We know the gospel and its power. The good news of salvation, church, it has power. That is what has power. It's not an old, worn-out message, and it's, it's not uh, something that's, that's just been uh, worn over and, and tired. It's a living, breathing, powerful message that warms the soul when it's preached. It warms the soul when it's heard. We know the gospel and its power. We know who we know is the Son of the Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit that guides us. And what we have been given, church, is salvation through the sacrifice of the cross, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. You see, church, this is everything. This is the gospel. This is the good news. God, our Father from another world, sent his only Son also from another world into this world that he created, that through the sacrifice of the Son on the cross, that we would be made sons and daughters, that we would be adopted into his family through the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit that we would continue to grow in deeper relationship with him. That is the power of the gospel. And those are the things that we know. Those are the things that we have. Those are the things that we hold on to in our hearts, church. And so a little bit earlier in the uh, gospel of John, we were reading, uh, we started around verse, verse 3 or 4, and we're going to go back now a little bit before, in, in verse 3 through 5, we read this. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The advent of Christ isn't a one-time event. It's not a one-time experience. It doesn't happen, then it's over. The advent of Christ is a daily moment-to-moment event. It's a daily moment-to-moment experience. Just as John the Baptist was sent, just as Jesus was sent, so are we being sent out to be a voice that cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We are called to prepare for the advent of Jesus each and every day. This calling, it's not like a holiday sale like Craig was talking about earlier. It's not about uh, something that starts and ends on a date. It's not, it's not like Black Friday. It's not like a, a small business Saturday. It's not like a Cyber Monday. It's not like the new one this year, Giving Tuesday. And it's not like the one that I think they're going to start working in next year, which is Tithe Sunday. But you got to hear for that. But it's, it's not like any of those things that starts and stops. It's, it's a constant thing. And it's new each day. It's a never-ending call to prepare the way of the Lord every day. We are, church, to prepare the way of the Lord in our own hearts and to be available to the, whole, to the Holy Spirit, like John the Baptist, and to help also to prepare the way for our brothers and sisters and those around us. So we do these two things in a number of different ways. Preparing our own hearts is hard. 
it's hard because we have to make time. Bailey talked a little bit about this last week, this idea of, of, of making time to, to spend with God and to be in prayer and in meditation and in Scripture. And uh, he talked about unplugging. That was a hard thing for me to hear because unplugging is, is tough for me because if somebody's calling, they must need me, right? False. But that's hard for us to believe. That's hard for us to get past. Unplugging is hard. There's a French priest who lived at the end of the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th century. And he says this about our busyness. At times, our duties will accumulate to such an extent that they will exhaust all our strength, not allowing us to get rid of our burden, nor even to make it any lighter. The result may be, may possibly be, that we will be deprived for a more or less prolonged period of the sense of our union with God. But the union itself will only suffer if we actually permit it to do so. If this condition should be prolonged, we must feel suffering on account of it. We must lament it. And we must, above all, fear that we may become used to it. You see, church, we have to guard our heart. We have to take care of our soul. And we must fear in moments and times and seasons when that's hard, we must fear that we would become used to the idea of a distant or lack of union with God. We must guard our hearts each and every day. We can do this a number of ways. We read Scripture. We meditate on Scripture. We pray over Scripture. We do things like daily devotions, daily devotionals, which is one that we're doing right now. You can get them here still. I think we have a few. If not, they're all of eight bucks on Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime, you order it today. It'll get here Tuesday. You only have a couple days to catch up. This is a great way to begin or to continue to prepare your heart for the advent of Christ in your life every day. And again, unplug time. That's a tough one for me. Um, this week, I, I had a busy week and a lot, lots of moving parts going on with other things. And, and there was a moment yesterday where I realized in my heart that I had not stepped away enough. And uh, I, I was struggling through uh, feeling prepared for this morning and also just struggling to, to feel comfortable with where my heart was. And, and I as I was processing this, I directly correlated to the fact that I never took time, enough time, to take care of my own soul throughout the week. So we must prepare ourselves, but we also need to prepare ourselves to be available, to be used, to prepare the hearts of others. Sometimes we have a feeling like we need to talk to this person, we need to call this person, we need to check in on this person. That is, more often than not, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the prompting of the Holy Spirit to reach out to your brothers and sisters, and that is a good and holy thing. We pray for those around us. This morning we have these bowls on either side of the, of the prayer rails and on those, in those bowls are little stones or discs with name, names on them and we're going to encourage you to take one and for the week pray for that person. Whoever's name is on that, you pray for that person, bring it back and get a new one next week. We pray for those around us, our coworkers, our friends, our family. And last but definitely not least, we pray for those who we know are in need of Christ in their lives and the salvation that Christ offers. Everyone here knows at least one person, if not many, if not a multitude of people whose spiritual life is in need of prayer and health and repair. Pray for those people. It's an easy thing that we can do. They don't even have to know. You could just pray for them. So church, as we enter into this Advent season, I want to invite you to ask yourself a few questions to do an inventory 
of sorts. And we're going to go through, just, there's just four little quick things. And, and, and I have to admit, as I was working through these and processing these, I was uh, struggling with them myself, myself and, and honestly feeling a little bit embarrassed with some of the answers in my own heart. And so I invite you to consider these things. Am I preparing the way of the Lord in my life on a weekly basis, on a daily basis? Am I living with the same kind of joy and excitement for the advent of Christ in my life that Buddy the Elf had? How's God sending me like John the Baptist was sent to testify to the light? Am I posturing myself in such a way that allows me to be used for the advent of Christ in the lives of those around me? Our Father is calling, church. We are being sent to prepare the way of the Lord in our hearts, in our families, and in our communities, and in our world. Let's pray about these things. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you because we know that you're faithful. We know, God, in moments that we're not sure where you're leading us or where you're calling us. If we reach out to you, pray for your direction. You're faithful to meet us there. You're faithful to lead us and to guide us. We thank you, God, that your mercy knows no end and that your grace knows no end. And no matter how many times we fall or fail or mess up or miss the mark, God, that you cover us. God, we thank you for the salvation offered through your son, through the sacrifice on the cross. We pray that as we go through this season that we would seek your heart, that we would seek you, that our hearts would be made ready for you now and every day. We pray these things in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.